I'm so pleased to be able to share with you today in this continuing story of Exodus. What a great time we had last week with Bethany and the youth. Um, Bethany's clear message to us about freedom we can experience from slavery, from uh, living without God, and the hope that we have when we trust Jesus to be our Savior and experience his freedom in our lives. I trust during this week that you've thought about that and that if you didn't know him before, that you now have a relationship with Jesus and know his freedom in your life. And so we continue this Exodus story, and there's one more miracle in order to get the Israelites out of Egypt. Last week, uh, the Passover convinced Pharaoh that the, Egypt the Egyptians should let them go, that the Israelites should go. And in chapter 13, verse 31, he says, get out, leave us, go away. And so the Israelites are on their way as we come to chapter 14 on their way to the promised land, to promised freedom. After 430 years of slavery, they are on their way. And they are guided, guided by their God, with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them on their way out of Egypt and into the promised land. Because see, these are God's people. No longer slaves, but part of God's family. But it's not the end of this story because Pharaoh is a man full of ego, full of power and wanting to always be in control. The one who's already resisted the clear signs of God's power, who's rejected his own advisors and common sense after seeing all of the plagues, who thinks he's God and who thinks that he has all the power in the world. And so he rebels against everything that makes sense, and he goes after these Israelites one more time. He can't let them win. He must be victorious. And the Israelites, they're on their way, full of courage, but not for long. In spite of these clear and very recent demonstrations of God's power and his protection for them, they see danger behind. They see the Egyptian army and they are afraid. They have very short memories, but I suspect we might too. And they say to Moses, why have you taken us here? Our old life as slaves would be better than this. We're going to die. We could have died in Egypt. What have you done to us? Blaming Moses. So soon they forget the promises of God for their own land and for freedom. And I love the way that Moses responds to them. And as a leader, I would want to respond the same way, not with impatience, not exasperated by their short memories, but instead with comfort, with patience, with assurance and he says in chapter 14 of exodus verse 13 don't be afraid stand still now what he means there is don't run away but also don't go fight your own battle instead watch look see what god's going to do see god's salvation and power at work because the promise the lord will fight for you. And so Moses says to them, 
and it's a good word for us. Stay calm. And the Lord says to Moses, it's time to move forward. Get going on this journey. Forward toward the sea. No solution there at this point. There are no ships to pick them up. But the Egyptians are behind them. There are mountains on every side. So really the only way they have to go is forward. And they go. Paul in 2 Corinthians understands this situation of no other way, of being surrounded. He says in 2 Corinthians, this beautiful treasure is contained in us so that the transcendent character of his power will be clearly seen in us as coming from God, not from us. Why? Because we are cracked and chipped from our afflictions on all sides. We are bewildered at times. We are persecuted. We've been knocked down, but we are not crushed. We don't give in to despair. We've not been abandoned and we are not destroyed. A promise for us as the promise for Israel. And God provides in another way. The angel who caused the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night now comes behind them as their guard. God knew what they needed all the time. First they needed direction and now they need protection and he provides. And so Israel moves forward with this promise that not only the Israelites but the Egyptians will see God's glory and know he is the Lord. This is all about him, all about his work and his plan for his people. They get to the sea and the sea opens up for them. This is a, a dual miracle in a sense because Moses holds out his hand and the sea separates. But God causes nature, the wind and the waves to move and, and uh, stir up the water so that the waters become walls on either side of the path for the Israelites. The water didn't just disappear, but it took a function for them of protection. Now I have to say, I think that's a bit scary and I'm glad there were walls, but I'd be a bit nervous if those walls were made of water. So I think I'd have to go, huh, big gulp and get moving and keep moving all the way through. And there's Pharaoh behind. Now he can see what God's done for them and you would think he would run, but not, not Pharaoh. Pharaoh's still blinded by his own ego, by his power hungry heart. And so he and the Egyptian army go straight in to the sea. God sees them on the path that the Israelites were on and he stirred up trouble. I love that phrase, stirred up trouble. He checked their plans for violence with confusion, with trap chariots, with bumping into each other, just a mess. And they panicked. And the promise he made that he will fight for you is reality for the Israelites and the Egyptians know it. Their rebellion, their hard hearts, their rejection of this powerful God they've seen at work causes them to lose their lives and lose it in humiliation. You see, we know pharaohs are generally buried in great tombs with all their riches, with even their servants with them. This pharaoh was buried under the sea in the mud with no memory of him 
in humiliation because of his uh, work against Israel and against God and his rebellion against God's word to him of warning. But what about Israel? Well, Israel now places their trust first in Moses as God's appointed leader. Most importantly, they put their faith in a powerful, loving, and intentional God and can say that they know that he is God, their Lord. They're committed now to follow his direction, to get to the promised land, and they have hope in the promises that he is providing a place, a home, and a life for them. We know it doesn't last very long if you read the rest of, of uh, Exodus, but for today, we're going to claim these promises and this assurance of the Israelites. Where are you in this story? Well, are you feeling enslaved? Now let me say if that's a physical thing, if you're in danger, there is a way. You can have help and you should ask for it from the army, from the Salvation Army, from those around you. Get out of that enslavement. Perhaps it's spiritual enslavement to uh, addictions, to sin, to worries. There's hope for you and a way out. And you're not on your own. There's a church full of people who want to come alongside you. There are leaders who want to comfort you and listen and guide you. And there's an all-powerful and loving God who cares for you and has a way out for you. Perhaps you're afraid. It's not uncommon these days. Dare I say what Moses said to the Israelites, to you and me. Stand still. Be calm. Don't retreat. Don't run away, but don't fight your own battles either. Wait, watch, look, and see. God's salvation is for you and for me. Maybe you're a leader in your church, in your family, and work. Moses gives us a good example here. Follow God's direction, comfort the people, and lead forward even if the way might seem risky. Now, I... Don't think and hope that none of you are pharaohs, but if you are, if you're one who mistreats others, there's a warning here for you. But if you're experiencing someone like a pharaoh in your life, know that God will fight for you. Wherever you are, whatever's happening in your life, he is the Lord. He provides guidance, protection, and the way forward for you. He is fighting for you. And you just need to watch and see his glory and his power at work.